listening to Everyday Engineering, the City of Madison's engineering podcast where we talk about infrastructure, complex topics explained simply. From the water that flows down your drain to the rain and snow that drains into the lakes. By way, the curbs and streets we design. City engineering touches your life in so many ways. Explained right now in Everyday Engineering. We are the second largest city in the state of Wisconsin. And if it seems like we're growing, oh yes, it's because we totally are. Uh, Building, developing, you name it, it's happening right here in Madison. But why and how? We're going to answer those questions today in just a moment. My name is Hannah Molinitsky, City of Madison Engineering Division Public Information Officer. I do communications for the Engineering Division here at the City of Madison. I'm also the host of this podcast today. Keeping the train on the tracks, uh, Planning Division's Director, Heather Stouter, is joining us today. Thank you, Heather. Happy to be here. Yes, and we have Assistant City Engineer for Public Works and Private Development, Chris Petakowski, uh, here as well from the Engineering Division. Yep, thanks for having us. Really, really talkable topic today. Um, Before we kind of get started, you don't have to introduce yourself, but just briefly explain what you do for the city, your role, and how it kind of ties to our topic today with growth and private development. Heather. Sure thing. So I lead the city's planning division, uh, which I started uh, there about 15 years ago in an entry-level position. And I think I'm going to simplify what we do on two ends of a spectrum. So on the long-term end, our team works collaboratively with, with residents and elected officials to really lay out a long-term framework for how Madison will grow in the future. And then on the short-term end, we review development proposals that come in from the private sector, and we make recommendations on how those proposals should move forward, if they're consistent with our plans, uh, et cetera. So we make recommendations to decision makers um, as to, to how development moves forward. We also uh, administer the city's art and historic preservation programs and provide support to residents who are making a difference in, in their communities as well. That reminds me for a, a future podcast episode focused on that art because that's great. awesome. What a great program. Chris, yeah, what do you so, do? So I am, We work together in the engineering division, but for anybody who doesn't know what Chris does, Chris, tell us what you do. Sure. I oversee the design and construction of uh, public works and private development, mainly focused on the streets, paths, and bridges. So if there's a city project to rebuild a a street or a bridge or a bike path or a private development project where they have to make uh, changes to our city's right-of-way, I would oversee the the design and then the construction of, of those activities. What did the makeup of our city look like, say, I don't know, 10 years ago, we've changed so much um, because that's why we're doing this episode is the growth in private development. We've changed quite a bit on both planning and private development front. Um, What are some of the biggest things you're noticing generally since then or even further back? Sure. You know, 10 years ago, we we were still a growing Midwest city, had, you know, a great outlook with a lot of employment opportunities and growth, but we were also just emerging from a major recession like the rest of the country. And so that had really halted a lot of the development, uh, particularly of housing. And so we, we still have a lot of catching up to do to make sure we have housing choices for, for our growing population. And I think, you know, since then, I think as we've all seen, there's a lot of infill redevelopment happening, a lot of cranes in the air, mm-hmm. you know, building uh, residential apartments specifically. Um, we've also focused uh, our 
transit improvements. We, we've really taken steps to, to make sure we're elevating our transit system to the next level for a, a Midwestern city. And then finally, um, we've, we've really been pumping a lot of public money to support high quality affordable housing that can, can be attainable for low income households for the long haul. Yeah, a lot, a lot of work and a lot of change. What about for you, Chris, through private development, through engineering? How has it changed in the last 10 years? Yeah, so... Or even further back, if there's yeah. any more drastic information so, worth noting. A <laughs> couple of things. Our designs have changed quite a bit. You know, we've, we've as a city, always focused on peds and bikes and made them a huge priority, but even more so in the last uh, five to 10 years, for sure, the city just made a, a, a really big commitment with our new complete green streets policy to kind of guide the way we uh, design and construct our right-of-ways. So um, that's one aspect. The other aspect, uh, you know, kind of touching on what Heather said, we've, we're growing so much. Our, uh, you know, the amount of plan sets that we produce uh, because of development has just um, exploded in the last 10 years, and we have to dedicate a lot of resources towards that. So, you know, um, so the designs are changing a little bit and we're also doing a, a heck of a lot more of them. What happens when a city grows? How does that happen? Well, uh, you know, it depends on the city. So in a lot of major cities across the U.S., they don't have room on their edges to still grow. They're already abutting other cities. Sure. Uh, there's not more sort of vacant or undeveloped land to grow into. In Madison, we're still growing out to some extent, but we're also growing up. A huge proportion of the development we see is infill development happening within the within the city and redeveloping sites that, you know, commercial buildings, parking lots that were maybe built 40, 60 years ago are yeah. being redeveloped. But, you know, Chris can go into much more detail on this, but when a city grows, particularly as we grow out, it involves brand new infrastructure. So the water, the sewer, the, the multimodal streets, et cetera, and they're enormous investments um, for the city and the, the private sector to make as the city grows. It's an interesting point, not just out, we're growing up. What else, Chris? Yeah, so every every project will have some kind of right-of-way aspect, um, you know, so on when we're growing up, y you have to, uh, you know, provide access to that site, right? So a lot of times we're, we're widening sidewalks or, or creating sidewalks to get, get uh, folks to that uh, parcel. Uh, we're... Um, adding bike lanes or, or bike facilities, uh, you, you know, uh, bus stops perhaps. Um, so a lot of times our projects will, um, even if it's in an infill, it, it will have a, a pretty significant right-of-way impact because uh, the land use changes so much. During COVID, you kind of mentioned in the last 10 years we've seen an uptick, um, but during COVID, maybe not a surprise, maybe a surprise, people were building and the work really didn't stop. I don't know. We kind of maybe thought we didn't really know, you know, would it slow down? Um, it did not. The world's moved slow and isolated during the pandemic, but private development did not. It actually moved quite fast and it was really, really busy. Um, did that surprise either of you? And why? What do you think of that? Why is that? Yeah, I, I think we were surprised in the planning division to see um, even an increase in the amount of development proposals and approvals moving through. We're still seeing that, uh, you know, fairly fairly fast pace, a lot of interest, even with the post-COVID market uncertainties, you know, interest rates are skyrocketing. We're still seeing interest in at least getting developments approved. And by and large, 
uh, they're they're also moving forward. So I, I think yeah. it's it's really good. We know we need the development, particularly housing, to keep up with our growing population. Um, and we, we need more time to really see how this is going to play out. But I'd, I'd say I'm surprised so far. <laughs> I think so, Chris. Yeah, Did it I, surprise you? <laughs> I, I don't know if I've had a chance to stop and think and if it <laughs> would have surprised me. We've been so busy. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I guess it's it's surprising you have a, a you know global pandemic like that. And really, you know, we just went into a, a different mode and, and kept uh, trying to... Um, design plan sets for developers and, and, and keep up. So, uh, yeah, I'd say that, that is a bit surprising that, that, uh, um, I guess Madison, you know, is, is a desirable place to, to be and, and, and that's the uh, strong reason why it's keeping going. What are some of the, where are some of the hot spots that we're seeing people wanting to build and develop? Great question. You know, I think some of the areas, uh, close to our regional malls, we're finally seeing, uh, interest in, significant evolution of those areas. So from, from large parking lots to, uh, you know, five, even 10 story buildings with, with a lot of housing, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a major transformation that comes with a lot of careful thought and, and planning and investment for that infrastructure. You know, the parks, the streets, how, how can we create basically new opportunities for significant infill development in those areas? So, you know, Oscar Mayer is another uh, another example, I think folks are, are starting to become more interested in developing in those very large infill opportunity areas. Interesting. That is interesting. Um, one of the things we talked about is when to build, how to build, how to invest. How does that work when we're planning to build in the city for the long term? Um, I guess not just to fix problems immediately in front of us. That's a great question. I think we, you know, planning and engineering need to continue to work together and, and kind of fine tune the city's take on that. But we want to make sure that we're not creating problems for the future. And so, you know, engineering's doing a lot of work to better understand our stormwater capacity. Yes. And, um, you know, anytime you're you're still building out as a city like Madison is, we want to get infrastructure right the first time yeah. so that we don't have to come back and surgically change it. 10, 30 years later, um, we want to make sure those bones of the city can really support our long-term needs. And um, sometimes that means preserving our opportunities for future growth on the edge that might still be 20 or 50 years out in the future, but we don't want to, we don't want to waste uh, land on our outskirts um, and, and get it wrong initially. How does that factor into transportation? You know, we're not just talking about building, you know, we said growing out and up, but like, you know, when you build, it impacts the flow of how people get through our city and leave our city or travel through our city. You know, what sort of things are impacted? I thought this was a, a unique take I had heard in city meetings, you know, in the last couple months, especially as we, we always are planning ahead, right? Um, but how does it impact everything like that when, um, when it comes to transportation, how people are moving throughout the city when we're developing so much? Yeah, uh, you know, transportation demand has been, uh, you know, uh, been talked about in the last year in the city a lot with our, our TDM plan. And um, we're really looking into uh, new developments, what kind of transportation they'll need, because we know 
we simply can't just widen streets throughout the isthmus and and take care of these things. So uh, you know we have to look at different ways, like with transit and ped bike and and routes. So so we actually make the uh, we have the developers work with us on a on a on a transportation plan, so to speak, uh, for each of the developments to make sure that we're growing uh, in the right way and um, uh, can handle the capacity that's that would be uh, demanded by the the new development. Uh, maps. Planning has a lot of great maps. We have maps too, but planning's got really nice, comprehensive, pretty maps that really show the makeup of growth and different ideas. What what are those? Where are those? Where can people find those? Yeah, great and, question. And why have those? You know, I think one of the best resources we have is probably still our 2018 comprehensive plan, and that has a, a large series of maps. You know, it's it's now five years old, but still really pertinent, kind of laying out that growth framework, the big picture growth framework for the city. Um, I think it's a great resource on our website and can really help people to understand what the city's high priorities and strategies are to, to help accommodate the growth we're expecting. And, and now we're expecting about 100,000 new residents in the next 30 years. And so we're even growing faster than that comprehensive plan uh, foresaw five years ago. And so, you know, we need to, we need to keep it up, keep, keep what we're doing, um, and, and keep on facilitating uh, good growth for Madison residents. Wow. Uh, anything else you both want to hit on? We had a really nice condensed conversation about something so important at the city. Um, any last words about growth or private development in the city? Chris, I'm going to give it to you first. Sure. Yeah. So I think, you know, we'll, uh, we're continue to grow. We, um, we have some new policies for, for how we design and build our right of ways and, We'll be continuing to work with the developers to make sure that it, it, it works for both them and the city around us. And uh, we're, uh, we're still, uh, we're ready to keep going. Heather. Yeah, just, you know, looking, looking at one of our biggest shared challenges of, of climate change, I think we need to continue to use land as efficiently as possible. And that often means greater densities, uh, but it also means a more efficient use of that expensive urban infrastructure, the water, the sewer, the stormwater management, et cetera. And so we, we definitely foresee the need to keep on growing very thoughtfully and uh, utilizing land, uh, at, you know, at a slow rate, which means, you know, <laughs> more people in, in Madison, um, but, but not necessarily taking up more land per person. So we need to keep, keep growing, but grow, grow really carefully and thoughtfully. Love that. What, what a great conversation. I'm sure it will continue um, other ideas down the road, but thank you. And um, here's to growing. <laughs> Uh, thank you for listening. Um, as always, we are a resource for you every day in engineering. Check out our website. And thank you for listening.